Too. And I think this, they kind of, the two kind of tie in together here pretty well. Proverbs uh, 22, verse 6 says, Train a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not turn from it. Luke 15, taking a look at the prodigal, says, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything there was, a severe famine in that whole country, there was a famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. Verse 15 says, So he went and hired himself out to the citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pots that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. Now, based on what David was talking about with the brain earlier, what, what part of the brain was working here? The limbic or the prefrontal? <laughs> prefrontal. <laughs> kind of time for reality check. Kind of uh, going back through, assessing where he was at, realizing that what? Maybe he made a mistake? And I think, mean, you know, the thing that's awesome about the father in this passage is what was he willing to do? Let him go. He was willing to let him go. I think, you know, we, we look at all of us in this room, we're all from different backgrounds. We all, who, who was, anybody here in this group converted as a team? Okay, anybody in their 20s? 
Oh, you would, Richard. I would have my 20s. You're just 30s and beyond the rest of us, right? You know, I think really understanding that, and as a parent, sometimes we've got to be willing to let go. I mean, most of you, well, let me, this is another question. I'm going to keep asking until everybody's read it. Who of you have read this book, Boundaries for Kids? It is so incredibly important. And I, I'm going to read the other ones that David recommended. I haven't heard of them before. I've read about 30 to 40 books on parenting. And there's a lot of incredible information out there. The Langs have done a great job with raising awesome kids. Uh, Dops has done a great job. Dare to Discipline, you know, Raising a Strong Little Child. There's so many different books out there. This one, for me, took it over the top. Incredibly scripturally based stories, as David was talking about, and practicals to apply. But I think this one was so awesome about the father here in this particular passage is he was willing to let the kid go. You know, sometimes, what have we had to do? What are we still doing? You know, we have to learn it on our own sometimes. I mean, we know we've had our hands burned or there's been situations we've put ourselves into that have been negative, and a lot of times we can do what? We can forget those situations, and for whatever reason, we feel like we need to revisit it. I'm grateful in, in having other discussions with Dave. The prefrontal cortex <laughs> continues to develop from a standpoint. We can set down new neural pathways by doing the right thing over and over again, whether or not the heart's necessarily there or not. It's amazing how the brain will kick in and we'll hold on to that. Or we can allow the limbic system, the limbic portion of the brain, to influence us. And with the whole reward system that's involved, we can go down the wrong path, whether it's alcohol, smoking, pornography, whatever it is, if we feed that, guess what? It gets stronger. And hearing the stuff with David years ago, Gordon Ferguson did a message on the book of Romans, and one of the things that he talked about was the, the wicked dog and the righteous dog. And the question that he asked, some of you have heard it before, you know, which of the two dogs is going to win if it gets in a battle? Well, it, it, it's the one we feed. And it, it really ties into what, what David was talking about with the rider versus the elephant. You know, if you don't feed the rider... He's going to be kind of out, out of check, not be able to control that elephant. It's the same thing with, when it comes to our kids. Sometimes we've got to make sure as they grow mature, and there's various stages of that, they need boundaries. They want boundaries. But at this point in time, this, this guy, this kid was an adult. And, you know, there were repercussions to his decision. So let's continue here. Verse 17, it says, When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. And I will sit out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up, went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. So they began to celebrate. You know, I think look at this. The bottom line, guys, we're all prodigals. Yeah, that's right. Each and every one of us are prodigals. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I, I love what, I've, I've never heard it done before. I mean, we've, we've experienced 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, where, you know, you, it says it gives the breakdown of love. And we can plug God in. Or we can plug Jesus in, or we can plug the Holy Spirit in, and what happens with that passage? still holds true. Yeah. Right? And I think the, the thing that I appreciate what David did there, because it really made me reassess some of my interactions with my kids. And 
I need to understand that they're adults. Now, all of us have kids in different age categories here, but ultimately, we need to make sure that we're modeling Christ for our kids. Mm. You know, we look at that situation with Matthew 7, uh, that David said, verse 1 through 5, you know, I need to be sure that I'm taking the plank out of my own eye before I try to remove the speck from theirs. And I think as a parent, my biggest challenge is being quick to listen and slow to speak. I mean, he, he gave some great practicals today. I mean, I, I, I'm ready to go. Well, my kids blow it. I mean, I, I've got it dialed in. You know, if we're stepping into a court, courtroom, man, they're losing. But, you know, ultimately it, it will cost. And, and, and being sure that I'm willing to, to, to slow down, get the emotions out of it, get the limbic in check, you know, get my elephant under control so that my rider can come to the forefront and I can have the kind of interaction I need with them. There really is an elephant in the room, right? <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. But I think first thing we want to share with you guys is you're not bad parents. And some of you may be thinking, well, why would you say that? You know, because you've never felt like you're a bad parent. But many of us who grew up, um, you know, spiritually at different times in the church, uh, have felt like we were bad parents if all of our kids weren't faithful. And that's just not true. I mean, you know... Um, you look at the many, many examples in the Bible. Um, Jesus even had one who turned away and left. Um, you know, I don't think, I can't, you know, think of anything he probably did wrong. And so, you know, I think we just got to start there. We just got to do the best that we can. And, um, you know, things like this, like reading books, like Boundaries with Kids, Health, and just being open and getting one another, you know, getting other people in our lives. Yeah. Um, you know, my mom is a disciple. Uh, she's 80 years old, and, you know, so I'll bounce things off of her when the kids are driving me crazy. They still drive me crazy, by the way, at 26. and Not so much the 26-year-old anymore, but the 23-year-old can still drive me crazy. Well, she was the 23-year-old. She was a boomerang. We tossed her out and she came back, but anyway. Exactly. <laughs> um, but both of our kids were baptized as teenagers, and they both fell away, and they did it all, okay? And... Um, you know, and there was the temptation, especially, I mean, because you feel so bad, you want them to be saved, you want them to be right, and you hurt for them as yeah. well, and then you also are angry, like you want to strangle them, right, yeah. <laughs> into submission, um, which doesn't work, by the way. Um, it, but it, it was hard, it's hard to just let them live their life and learn their lessons, but my mom is so great, she's like, Jackie, okay, what were you doing at 23? Oh, yeah. You know, she's a good reminder, because it's sometimes the expectations I have, you know, for my kids is different than I, you know, I stop and think, okay, what, how was I, what did I do? And it helps me to be more patient and remember that, you know, I'm a 21-year-old Christian, and the expectations that I, and I still struggle with some of the same sins that I did when I came into the kingdom, 21 years ago, so... You know, it, it helps me to, to realize that I've got to be much more patient with them and love them um, the way that God loves them. Um, unconditional love, which is hard because they hurt us too. And I think also, um, I would just say in regards to getting other people in your life, that it's super important uh, to have other people in your life that uh, will direct you back to the Bible, direct you back to God, that will listen to you, um, do a lot of what uh, David Bruce was talking about as far as I, me, mine, that kind of, I think that should be happening in our lives as well. Um, I don't do well when people try to tell me what to do. I don't like to tell people what to do. 
Um, sometimes it seems like it's easier, but it, it really doesn't work out. And I think that when we, when our kids hurt us, because we have, our kids have hurt us. I don't know about you, but we have been hurt by our children mm -hmm. at different times. Mm -hmm. What do we do with that? If we don't have somebody to talk to and go to, yeah. and if your kids haven't hurt you yet, correctly they won't, but more than likely they will. Um, and, you know, we got to have people that we can go to and talk to yeah. to um, help us how to deal with that. Yeah. Because I know the way I would deal with it from a worldly standpoint is I would just get angry and shut down, mm. which isn't going to help um, them see Jesus in me at all. So. Any of you ever feel like giving up? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been there. Um, you know, and I think just really understanding that there is a battle that's going on. Yeah. And it's it's not about the conflict between you and your kid as much as it is Satan wants to take him down yeah. and he wants to take him forever. And I think what that means for me personally as a parent is that, you know what, I'm going to stay in the battle. That's right. I mean, it is a battle. And it, the challenging aspect of it is, it, to some degree, is as they get older... It's much more challenging, and it, it's a lot easier in some ways to just say, you know what, I'm done. Throw the hands up. I mean, my kid's 17 years old. My kid's 20 years old. You know, it, it's just, it doesn't matter. It's not going to change. And I think this is where, um, for those of us that are married that are in the room, there's got to be consistency. And, and we've got to, it's got to be a united front, because yeah. the kids from, honestly, from the age of one and a half, two years old, they start realizing they can play mom off dad. You know, they start crying. One of the two responds. They start doing something a certain way. They know that they can run to, you know, one parent's looking to come out with a discipline, whether it's maybe just, you know, taking a stand, they can run to the other. And uh, that parent maybe is going to be a little more lenient or whatever. We've got to have a game plan, and God's got to be the, the primary aspect of that game plan. You know, there's a number of passages that talk about it. Ezekiel 18, I'm just going to give it to you from a, a standpoint of time. Uh, if you get a chance, read Ezekiel 18, 20 through 32. And ultimately, the thing that's being established, established here is who's responsible when it comes to sin. We know that my child's not responsible for my son. My son's not responsible. My, my child's not responsible for my sin uh, any more than vice versa in that situation. But as a parent, knowing that God wants all of us to repent... We've got to help our children with the repentance process. Ezekiel 33, um, you know, it, where it talks about the watchman. If we see things going on that we know aren't right, but we're not willing to maintain that balance and stay in the battle to help them, then, you know what, I'm going to be held accountable for that. I can't just throw my hands up. Right. And one of the things that we established in our household as our daughter came back in that was super important was was a uh, making sure that we have those expectations in uh, Joshua 24, um, and we were there were certain aspects of things that we had modified, and it was really because we weren't getting enough input because she was an adult, and I'm not quite sure why. I have to probably spend more time reflecting on the why behind that, but I know we did go to Jerry Sugarman at one point because we were very. It was just very challenging having her living at home, well, and, and, and and some of the things that were going that we knew were going on. Yeah. And uh, Jerry's like, you know what? She's an adult. You know, the thing you get with those kids is they start moving into the teens. Well, why don't you treat me as an adult? Or I'm an adult now. Well, what my conviction on that adult thing is, you know, when you're outside living on your own, paying your own bills, guess what? You're an adult. <laughs> but the thing that Jerry helped us with in our own household is, as long as she's living at home. 
that's that is a is a moot point. It's not an argument to be had. Right. And that I, I I love God with all my heart. I love my wife with all my heart. And I love my daughter with all my heart. But there are certain guidelines and rules that are going to be established boundaries. Mm-hmm. And her really needing to understand that. So the thing that Jerry Jerry couldn't understand why we were perplexed with how to deal with certain things. And what he he took me to was Joshua twenty four, uh, verse fourteen, which reads. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And we sat down with her, and I read her that passage, and she knows who we are and what we stand for and what we represent and let her know how some of the things that were going on made us feel. And I apologized for extending the boundaries to a place that I shouldn't have and pretty much just let her do, to a degree, whatever she wanted to do because she's an adult. And the fact that, you know, with that apology, though, I'm dialing back, things back in. And that, you know, when it came to some of the boundaries that we had set up for her going out at night, uh, some of the interaction that we needed to have, even from a standpoint of my expectation is if she lives in my house, she's going to attend church with us a few times a month. And that this is what we're about. And, you know, if, that's, if she decides that's something she's not about at all, well, she'd be not about that on her own, yeah. not but under my roof. We still love her. We still, I mean, these are just, you know, these are the rules of our house if you want to live with us. Right. And you got to decide what that is for you. We're not saying that that needs to be your. You need to pray about it, and you need to look at the scriptures for yourself and decide. But for us, it was, you know, you can't be gallivanting around town and, you know, partying and whatever um, and still live with us. It violates our conscience. So you can do that. We understand you want to be on your own. You're 22 years old. We understand that. But if you want to live with us, this is how it is in our house. And so um, she actually started crying and said she didn't realize it bothered us so much. Which It hurt us. Yeah, and it hurt us. And we're like, you're kidding me, right? I was, you know, I was like shocked. And, um, <laughs> and so, you know, she has, as far as we know, respected that rule. Um, and we periodically talk about it. Um, but, you know, and I think, you know, I love the scripture in Proverbs where it says, train a child in the way she go when he's old and not stray. Um, you know, it's like, at what age are we supposed to stop training? It doesn't say, you know, it doesn't say. Obviously that training changes, right? Because, um, you know, obviously I can't speak to them or treat them like they're two-year-olds. Now it's from a, a, coming from a place of influence. And, um, but I think, you know, there still is training if they're going to allow us to influence them, then that's what we're going to do. Um, you know, and I think we just, we can't give up on that and, and stop it. And she actually, she respects that. I mean, she respects She respects that we still have that conviction. That because it's her, we're not just going to be sentimental. Um, you know, so. So we have four practicals to close this out. First one we already talked about, which is just the facts. Uh, most of you are too young. You don't remember Dragnet, and you know one of the things that uh, I don't even remember the guy, the agent's name, but he'd be like, "Just the facts, man. Just the facts." Right, 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 right. <laughs> That's Y five O, man. You said Dano. Dano. Wrong one. Wrong one. Friday. All right, I'm feeling better, man. I don't know if you guys are older. You're just watching the reruns and syndication or what. But anyway, but you know, sometimes it's hard to do that. It's hard to embrace the fact that we have a product living on our own roofs yeah. and where they're at and what it is that's taking place. But 
In order to change it, we need to be willing to face it and assess it and look to the facts and that gives us the ability to move forward. Number two, we need to set the boundaries. Living with a prodigal requires clearly defined boundaries. And, you know, I think with it, it's, it's all age-appropriate, but utilizing the concept of boundaries helps us determine the borders of parenting. And what this does is, honestly, it puts our kids in a much better place because they know what the expectation is. Right. And that's where that consistency comes in, too. Yeah. So how do we set those boundaries? You know, are those boundaries just for our children, or are they also for us? Well, look back to the class that David just taught. I think there's some boundaries that we probably step over right. as parents, whether it's the hovering whether it's the, uh, the drill sergeant, and let's get those checked first, but then make sure that we, we establish those other ones when it comes to our kids and what, what is appropriate for them living in our household based on the age that they're at. Number three, we need to go to war. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? Well, as we pray, we learn new strategies that will help us fight our prodigals, and it, again, it's in a battle for their souls. Yeah. Um, God may require more of us than we've already given. And, you know, if that's the case, you know, we've just got to understand that's where it's at. Being unified, for those of us that are married, as single parents, making sure that we're getting other people involved, sometimes that, that extra set of eyes, maybe even getting somebody over for a meal to help observe some of the things that are going on, gives you someone that you can talk to and interact with afterwards, just from a standpoint, you know, what are some of the observations, what do you think some of the things are that maybe I can be doing differently, really understanding that. Going to war is grabbing whatever you can in the way of resources. Yeah. There's a gazillion books out there. You don't even have to buy stuff. You can go to websites out there. They give great information on parenting. But I think as we learn those new strategies, one of the other things that's really key here is making sure that we're getting other people involved. Our kids love the fact that they, we were being discipled. Yeah, they do. And then it was possible for them to get us in trouble. by we, They knew who our disciples were. We had the phone number on our refrigerator. And, you know, sometimes it was a matter of, you know, they'd, they'd ask, even to this day, you know, my, my daughter, well, Dad, do you think you can get some advice on that discipline? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't have a problem picking up the phone. And, well, it's not really discipline. Yeah, well, you know, whatever it is, the, the boundaries that we've established, and it, it is a matter of, I'll make that phone call. Sometimes it, it'll help me reassess. You know, maybe I, I stepped it up a little bit too hard. Or, I, you know, I get a little crazy every once in a while. I mean, it happens. Yeah. And she loves the fact that she can ask me that, and I'll do it. So I think, you know, making sure that we've got other, other people involved in those areas. And then yeah. final one is believe the promises. Yeah. I mean, as parents prodigals, we focus on the promises of God. Yeah. I mean, there are so many blessings that each of us in this room have seen transpire in our own lives. Now, the hard part is believing the promises that God has given us. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where some of us may have to work a little bit harder at things, again, from a standpoint of what are those promises? You know, and some of us may have even lost sight of them. Because we've been on this road for a while and we haven't seen change. So getting back into the Word, talking to other people, praying about it, uh, making sure that God, we're asking for God for wisdom and knowledge in these areas when it comes to how to interact and how to move forward. And just ultimately believing that God is good, loving, and active in our child's life, even when we may not be able to see the evidence of it. Amen? Amen. Yeah, one last thing I just want to share is, um, you know, we've made a ton of mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... We've made some, you know, not so bad mistakes, but we've made really bad mistakes with our kids. And I think um, the issue is is just be humble. I mean, if I could just say be humble, be in prayer, um, invite people into your life. I mean, the Landys, you know, still to this day will help us. I know Julia's helped a lot with Shay. Um, it's just my issues that I can have with Shay, the Johnsons. But um, 
to take it, I mean, we've had to bring the, since, you know, since Shay won't come to the kingdom, a lot of times we bring the kingdom to our house. Amen. Yeah. I mean, you don't have, like, she wouldn't know the Johnsons if we weren't hanging out with the Johnsons. She wouldn't know the Lambies if we weren't hanging out with the Lambies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's important. Um, and, and, they, and they need to not feel judged by of those people. Right. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't right. bring people in that are judgmental and right. feel, you know, I would bring other people in that love them unconditionally. And the last thing I would say is be patient with our kids. Um, you know, uh, every, everybody has their own journey. And we, in the past, we were so like, oh, they're, they're 14, they're not that because they're not 15, they're not that because yet. I think we've got to be really careful. I mean, everybody has their own journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wouldn't get hyper, you know, sensitive or hyper alarmed or worried um, if, you know, your kid is 16, 17 and not baptized yet. I think we've got to be patient, let God work, continue to show them Jesus, continue to show them God if they're willing to, find out why. Maybe they haven't made the decision yet, get people involved, but let's not, you know, let's not overreact. But let's yeah. let God work on their hearts. Yeah. And there's so much more, but we only have 30 minutes. <laughs> and, and then we've got we've got this great parenting class again that David Bruce will be put together for us here, which will be uh, end of winter, early spring. So. You guys are really good at another. Oh, and Karina. That we know. Um, just really, um, your best friends are disciples. Yeah. And like go on vacations, taking disciples with you, having people over to your house a lot. You know, they love to do fun things. Mm-hmm. You know, they love to have fun. And so they're not interested in studying the Bible, but they're still interested in having fun. That's right. And um, creating an atmosphere in your life and in their lives where their closest relationships are still disciples. They still they have other connections besides just you. Right. Because they really need that. Right. And I'll share one thing to add on that. It's so true. I'm glad Karina's in here because just recently Shay has gone through an, an issue. And, you know, she has a lot of friends. She's very social. But who did she call when she needed someone to sit down and really have a serious talk with her? She called Karina and she called Michelle. And so I think it's important. I mean, what you're saying is so important. Um, you know, we know the Wingy's kids. They know ours. We know the Johnson's kids. They know ours. You know, again, Landy's, we've got we've to invite people in. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, we need to-